This podcast is brought to you as part of the RBS SE100 Insight Series in partnership with RBS Inspiring Enterprise and Pioneers Post. Hipster food fans know Baloo. That's because every new restaurant worth its mold and sea salt stocks the brand. And if you're listening to a podcast on social innovation, it's pretty safe to say you've heard of them too. What you may not know is that in 2009, Baloo was on the brink of collapse. Before the water company was liquidated, Karen Lynch stepped in and pulled Baloo from the brink. We heard Karen's story in Edinburgh at the first RBS SE100 Insight Conference, a gathering of some of the top performing social enterprises on the SE100 Index. It's a tale of refined branding, storytelling and great partnerships, which Karen picks up in 2004 when things weren't going so well. The market in which we operate, the bottled water market, £1.5 billion in the UK alone and growing. So I don't know if you know much about Baloo's history, but it's a story of two parts. Founded in 2004 and between 2004 and 2009, the business did a great job of campaigning that consumers should not drink bottled water. It did a great job of exemplifying environmental credentials to the industry about introduction of things like bio bottles, recycled materials. It also did a great job of losing £1.9 million. So the sad thing was, with the best intention and best idea, the business wasn't exemplifying how to be sustainable in itself. In 2009, we know what happened to banking, to interest rates, and therefore to our sources of funding. And the challenge was, and in fact, I first joined Blue in a capacity as a consultant, was, is there anything to save because time's up? So although I didn't put my hands up to the have you liquidated question, we were bloody close. Having a look within the idea, there was still a great idea. The challenge was, could we execute it differently? Could you execute it in a way that people would care, therefore partner, collaborate, buy your products, sell it to their customers? Could we make this business sustainable in itself? But no easy challenge. We've got businesses here like Highland Spring and Breck and Carrick, which are turning over between 10 and 20 million. You've got the big global brands. And of course, the thing that you all know, because you're all in similar positions to the position I was and still am in, we don't have those things called marketing budgets. So Blue was operationally focused. We had loads of volunteers. People want to try and help big teams of people, big office, all trying to make a difference. But it wasn't focused on insights and customers and market what it really wanted because it was too busy trying to serve trying to keep heads above water and it was literally delivering water to restaurants and hotels it was a direct supply model it was really niche the products were expensive they weren't affordable for the mainstream and the messaging was really really complex so all of this seems like such common sense now the big risk was there was a plan to change everything and we know how risky change is to try and change everything was an enormous risk but the alternative was to liquidate and wind the business down and never pay back any of that 1.9 million pounds there are two key things i want to talk about the first is the story and the branding but before i do that i just wanted to make the point about blue we are the official partner of, of war trade we're contracted uh, with the exclusive partner and that was a really important turning point in our journey because the biggest consumer insight that we identified was that you know there's a massive amount of cynicism the minute you say you're trying to do something good 
And of course, that's fueled with your customers, in our cases, the wholesalers and the restaurants, by your competitors. So, of course, Evian and Hilden Water and competitors would say, yeah, ask Blue about this, or I bet they don't do that, or how can they do that? Because our model is different and it's, it's alien. And well, look at our CSR credentials and what we do. It's bigger than that. It kind of fueled a strategy for the whole business, which is around building confidence and credibility within our customers enabling them to also do that with their customers, our end consumers. And then the second thing which I'm going to talk now is the bit about our, our branding and our communications, the fact that we need to move from complex messaging to talk about ethics. And what I mean by that was, this is the old blue, where we're talking about being a great mineral water product, of course that's important, we're involved with Live Earth Petition, we're Penguin approved, we've got this compostable bottle, we're carbon neutral, we're the UK's first, and I'm sure all of you have a similar challenge where you try to talk about all the great things your business does and why it's a better product, better proposition, better service, and why, why wouldn't you? It's common sense, come on, you know, kind of support us because this takes, you know, the global economy to a better place, we all make good business decisions. And the bit we learned, of course, was, is just far too bloody complicated. Everybody does not want to hear everything. So we embarked upon change. What would we do? We looked at our market, we looked about the potential markets, and for us the market was primarily top-end and hotels and restaurants. We're not a charity water because first and foremost we're an environmental brand. We think it's wrong to import, to export, to burn oil, to move water. We don't want to. We only use recycled materials. We only use recycled PET. We take full responsibility for measuring our footprint. Every decision that we can make to reduce and take responsibility for our impact, that's what we do. But actually, who wants to hear about that was, was the message we got back. We needed a rebrand, and this is a, a great idea worth trying for any of you. We slipped out a piece of news into campaign that said we were looking for an agency and we got inundated, inundated with people wanting to work with us, at which point we said, oh, they missed off the words pro bono. <laughs> but we got great coverage, right? For us, we wanted to tell our story, so our manifesto was about saying our purpose is about making the bottled water industry different. So we hope all bottled water companies one day will be different because of our influence. And we now put this on the back of all of our bottles. And then we got confident in our use of language. We thought, well, yes, we need to engage around our beauty, but we started being more confident but educational and all of the time being credible and explaining uh, where our thoughts came from. But a positive business story led by a woman that's carbon neutral, that gives all its profits to water aid. That's, you know, it's a good story people want to talk about. For me, you know you're telling your story well when people start telling it back. And when people like Raymond Blanc with his 380,000 Twitter followers tweet their support, you kind of know you're getting through. You know there's something interesting because he can be bothered. I've learned just keep it simple, but keep it focused and energised. And if you can't see the outcome, how the hell do you know in which direction to set off? So just spend more time up front being clear and with all of your team and your partners What's the outcome? Not the output, the outcome. As a result of the output, what do you want to happen? Bottled water wasn't a new idea. It was a great idea to make it a social enterprise, but you need a brilliant plan to differentiate. You need to create a why wouldn't you scenario, otherwise you're just lost amongst the noise. And with our customers, that's what we did with Blue. We made a product that was fitting for their environment. We competed commercially, and then we said, and here's all the added extra value. How can you say no? Why wouldn't you? We never, ever went in first with our social story, either environmentally or in terms of our, our aid story. We always say, don't spend, invest. Never lose your gut instinct. 
but always be completely rational. Easily said, I know. You know, I always lead from the heart and from the gut and say, right now, that business case. Always do both. Because sometimes you just need to cool off on an idea, and other times you need to fuel an idea. And I think just that discipline of a one-sided business case just brings a discipline to the business that will move you in the right direction. And then the big learn for me is partnerships and collaborations can make amazing things happen with very little investment. We launched a new social enterprise this year called Ethical Glass Company. 70% of our carbon footprint was in glass manufacture. It wasn't good enough. We wanted to make change. It was in nobody's interest to make it happen. So we made a glass business. We now sell glass to our competitors, which has a 22% reduced footprint to the glass they were using before. Don't preach. We have done some preaching in our time about our story, about why wouldn't you support Blue? Not everybody's going to listen, but any questions, do drop me a line. To hear more from Karen, go to pioneerspost.com, where you can find an interview with Sophie Hudson, our senior reporter, which includes Karen's top tips on organisational change. Next time on the Pioneers Post podcast. And I know that by making this confession, the, you will probably be sitting there wondering why the organizers ever invited me. My confession is the following. We return to the RBS SE100 Insight Conference to hear just what social enterprise thought leader Pamela Hartigan's shocking revelation is. The RBS SE100 Index allows social enterprises to benchmark their performance and health check their social impact. To find out more and sign up, visit se100.net.